Welcome back to Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And today we're talking about season four, episode five, called Monster Movie. So I just want to start this episode saying that this whole, the whole episode is in black and white. Mm-hmm. And I love the whole episode. Yes, it's very cool, but it's, uh, it's set like, a, like an old-fashioned monster movie, so mm-hmm. black and white. And we start out with credits, uh, with old-fashioned music playing. Back in the day, they used to do all the credits, like, at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. or instead of the end. Have so. you ever seen Arsenic and Old Lace? I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're going to have to watch it around Halloween time. It's like, it's the day of the movie is set on like Halloween. Okay. Um, other than that, it's not really like a Halloween movie per se. Yeah. But um, it's got Carrie Granted it, old black and white movie. It's hilarious. It's okay. like the best. I love watching it. And it's one of those, like the first couple times I watched it, I was like, I don't really get it. Okay. You know, like it, it was not that I didn't get it, but it was like, okay, that's kind of funny, I guess. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. But not that. And then like the more you watch it, like every, I watch it every year and I crack up even harder. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to good. watch it. That sounds good. <laughs> um, so we get a scene with a, it's a dark night there's a full moon. There's a long, lonely road and baby is driving on it. They pass a sign that says, welcome to Pennsylvania. There's lots of lightning and thunder. Inside the car, Dean says, the radio around here sucks. Sam, who is looking at some research with a flashlight, ignores him. Dean says, come on, man. Jobs don't get much weirder than this, you know. Dead Vic with a knot on neck, body drained of blood, and a witness who swears up and down that it was a vampire. Sam says, no, I agree. It's a hell of a case. Dean says, a little more gusto, please. <laughs> Sam says, it's just, the world is coming to an end. Things are a little complicated, you know. Dean says, yeah, well, we can't save the world. Not today, anyway. But what we can do is chop off some vamp's head. Mm. Come on, man. It's like the good old days, an honest-to-goodness monster hunt. It's about time the Winchesters got back to tackling a straightforward black-and-white case. I thought it was funny that they made it, like a joke about having it be a black-and-white case because yeah. it was a black-and-white episode. Yeah. I noticed that, too. <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> so we cut to daytime. 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 <laughs> We're in a small town that's celebrating Oktoberfest 2008. Kind of reminds me of Leavenworth. Yeah, it does look a little Leavenworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam and Dean get out of the car dressed in suits. As they're walking, Dean says, We still got to see the new Raiders movie. Sam says, Saw it. <laughs> Dean says, Without me? Sam says, you? Yeah, Sam says, You were in hell. <laughs> Dean says, That's no excuse. Just then, a vendor yells, Big pretzel. Dean heads over and says, Big pretzel. Sam laughs. He's like, he, he, he. (laughs) Dean gets two big pretzels and gives one to Sam. A woman dressed up for Oktoberfest walks by and says, Guten Tag. Dean says, Guten Tag yourself. (laughs) God. Like, seriously, you can't come up with a better line than that? (laughs) Nope, that's what he's got. So they notice the sheriff on the street talking to people and they approach him. Sam says, Sheriff Dietrich. (laughs) Sheriff, I slurred that. Dietrich? Is that how? Isn't it? I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I think I... I think it was Dietrich. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't, it doesn't matter. The sheriff says, are you boys from the feds? The boys pull out their FBI IDs. Sam says, agents Angus and Young, we called ahead about your problem. The sheriff says, right, I'll tell you what. Why don't we talk uh, this? Why don't we take talk? Okay. <laughs> why don't we talk this out away from the crowd, huh? <laughs> we cut to the morgue. The sheriff pulls out a body drawer and uncovers the body's face. He says, Marissa Wright, 26, just up from Lockhart for the fest. Terrible, just terrible. It's the last thing this town needs at peak tourist season. Sam says, definitely the last thing Marissa Wright needed. 
Dean moves Marissa's head to the side, and we see two puncture wounds on her neck. Dean says, what the hell? The sheriff says, yeah, you got me. I mean, this killer's some kind of grade-A wacko, right? I mean, some Satan-worshipping, Anne Rice-reading, gothic, psycho-vampire wannabe. (laughs) Dean says, sheriff, in your report, you mentioned a witness. The sheriff says, yeah, I wish I didn't, but our witness insisted. That's Ed Brewer, not exactly what you'd call reliable. We cut to inside a bar. Behind the bar is the pretty woman who guten togged Dean earlier. <laughs> I'll, I'll guten tog Dean. You should see the look on Rochelle's face right now. Hey. <laughs> it's like she looks how? really pleased with herself, but she's also got crazy eyes. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, she says, I remember you. Dean reads her name tag and says, and I remember you, Jamie. I never forget a pretty everything. Oh my god. It's For just, real. The, the, the pickup lines are just so horrible. Horrible in this one. Sam says, we're looking for Ed Brewer. Jamie says, what do you want with Ed? Dean says, well, we are federal agents, and they hold up their IDs. Dean says, Mr. Brewer was witness to a serious crime. We just... Jamie says, wait a minute, you're a fed? Wow, you don't come on like a fed. Seriously? (laughs) Dean leans in close to her and says, I'm a maverick, ma'am. A rebel with a badge. One thing I don't play by? The rules. And then he winks at her. It's like, oh, how corny can you get? It was so, so bad. (laughs) But she's eating it up. (laughs) Sam says, okay, maverick, so where can we find Mr. Brewer? We cut to Sam and Dean sitting in a booth with Ed Brewer. I can't say his last name. <laughs> Brewer. There we go. He keeps drinking out of a very large stein. That is like the biggest stein I have ever seen. It's huge. And he has to like keep taking the top off yeah. to drink. I mean, I've been to Germany and I have I don't think I saw a stein that big. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Ed says, I told the cops everything I saw. No one believes me. Why should you be any different? <laughs> Dean says, believe me, Mr. Brewer. We're different. Ed says, I spoke... Uh, Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Ed says, I spoke the God's honest truth, and now I'm the town joke. Sam says, Marissa Wright's murder is no joke to us, and we want to hear everything, no matter how strange it may seem. Dean says, we have a lot of experience with strange. (laughs) Ed says, it was just after midnight. I just left here, like I do every night. I cut through the park on the way home. At first, I thought it was a couple kissing, but she was struggling too much. And this man, he was, well, he was biting her neck. Sam asks, can you describe her assailant? Assailant? Wow. Assailant. Assailant. Thank you. (laughs) Ed says, oh, he was a vampire. You know, a vampire. And then he makes fangs with his fingers and hisses. (laughs) (laughs) I love this actor. I love him so much. He is so nuts. Yeah. But it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Dean says, so he looked like. Ed says, he looked like a vampire, you know, with the fangs and the slick back hair and the fancy cape and the little medallion thingy on the ribbon. Dean says, you mean like a Dracula? Ed says, exactly, like a Dracula, right down to the accent. Sam says, the accent? What did he say? Ed says, you know, something like, stay away, mortal. Uh, the night is mine. <laughs> and he holds his arms in front of his face like he's hiding behind a cape. Okay, he said it with an accent, but I can't do that accent. Can you stay away, mortal? I can't do it. The the vampire. Yeah. The, the, oh God, I'm gonna embarrass myself. Stay. I can't do it. It's like stay away, mortal. There you go. You did it. You totally did it. 
I apparently can do a Hungarian accent. Okay, so yeah. I I, ha- the, I didn't know that this was like a Hungarian accent until mm-hmm. I watched it with the subtitles. I was like, right. oh, that's what that is. I do this accent a lot uh-huh. just for like kicks and giggles. I love <laughs> like, it. I wish I, I could do it. I don't know why I chose that one out of all of the accents. Cause because you want to like, be like Dracula. <laughs> I mean, but like I've never seen Dracula. I don't know like anybody who's Hungarian. <laughs> I just decided that it was like, this is what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> you know? like, I love it. Like, I don't even know. I totally love it. You should I, watch Dracula. I should watch Dracula. Yeah, the one with Keanu and uh, what's his name? Gary Oldman. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. Gary Oldman? Isn't that... I think so. I think he's the one who plays Dracula. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen any Dracula anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you got to. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's got Winona in it. So Ed says, you do believe me, don't you? We cut to behind the bar. Jamie is talking with her coworker Lucy. They're watching Sam and Dean talk to Ed. Lucy says, they must be following up on that murdered woman. Crazy Ed and his vampire story. <laughs> Jamie says, he might be weird, but he's not crazy. Lucy says, look, you're just saying that because the guy has a crush on you and he tips you in 20s. <laughs> Lucy blots her lipstick and puts the napkin down at the counter. Lucy gets called away and Dean comes up to Jamie. He says, so you got a beer back there for me? Jamie says, I don't know, Agent Young. You off duty? Dean says, and then some. <laughs> so Jamie goes to get him a beer. Sam comes over and picks up Lucy's lipstick napkin. Dean says, so what do you think? Goth? Psycho? Vampire wannabe, right? Sam says, definitely not our kind of case. Dean says, agreed. But who cares? Room's paid for, and it's Oktoberfest. Come on, brother. Beer and bar wenches. Sam says, pretty sure women today don't react well to the whole wench thing, Dean. So Dean yells, hey, bar wench, where's that beer? Jamie says, coming up, good sir. Sam rolls his eyes. Dean says, dude, Oktoberfest. I'm like, hello. I know. Jamie brings Dean his beer and asks Sam what he wants. Dean says, oh, he doesn't drink. He's a Christian scientist. Doesn't even take aspirin. He's a real drag on stakeouts. Right under the bus, yet again. Exactly. Poor Sammy always gets the short end of the stick. I know. (laughs) Jamie laughs and says, you're funny. Sam says, I'm a lot more than that. I'd love to get a chance to show you the rest. What time do you get off? (laughs) Jamie says, ha ha, like I said, funny. And she walks away. I'm glad she walked away with that because he is just not saying the right thing. No. He is not. That shit does not work on people. Yeah, he is not being... um, Classy. Yeah. Dan says, man, it is time to right some wrongs. Look at me. I came back from the furnace without any of my old scars, right? You know, bullet wounds, knife cuts, none of the off-angled fingers from all the breaks. I mean, my hide is as smooth as a baby's bottom, which leads me to conclude, sadly, that my virginity is intact. <laughs> I have been rehymenated. Okay, I said that. Remember I said that a couple times ago? Yeah. yeah see, I, I knew I got it from something. Yeah. I didn't come up with This is yeah. what I got it from. Yeah. I... I this is another one of those. It's just like you're kind of embarrassed listening to him say it, but also laughing hysterically at yeah. the same time. Like, oh, no. I love it. I love, I love it. I love it, love it. <laughs> Sam laughs and says, please, Dean, maybe angels can pull you out of hell, but no one could do that. <laughs> Dean says, brother, I have been rehymated and the dude will not abide. <laughs> Sam says, all right, dude. Well, you go do whatever you got to do and I'm going to go back to the room and get some sleep. <laughs> so Sam leaves. Dean approaches Jamie again and says, so how about tonight? Jamie says, oh, sorry, I promised Lucy a girl's night out. Besides, no self-respecting bar wench lets herself get picked up by a customer on the first try. <laughs> Dean says, well, I'm not a customer. I'm a federal agent. Jamie says, try again tomorrow, G-Man. <laughs> Dean says, I wish I could. I don't think we're staying on the case. Jamie says, what, it's not too weird for you? Dean says, not weird enough. 
Oh, Jamie says, what? It's too weird for you. Dean says, not weird enough. And we cut to a nighttime scene with a full moon. We hear a wolf howling and an owl hooting. Oh. Yeah. They're, oh, my God. Okay. So speaking of wolf howls, um, we got this. Um, okay. So my cousin. Uh-huh. She was obsessed with the Vampire Diaries, and I Nina do like that show. and Nina Dobrev in particular. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she is pretty. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. absolutely gorgeous. And she's like, it seems like a decent person. You oh know? yeah, like, she seems like really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she was in this werewolf movie uh, before the Vampire Diaries called Never Cry Werewolf. Mm -hmm. And my cousin, I remember her telling me about it when she bought the movie. She was so excited to watch it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I just, when I was at my aunt's house, went through all of her DVDs and took out all the horror movies, Mm -hmm. you know, to keep because I'm not just going to let those go. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So, um, so we got, so that one was there and I was like, oh, sweet, you know? Mm -hmm. So we watched it. And by we, I mean me and Killian watched it because Killian was just like, I got to watch this pretty girl, (laughs) you know? Oh, about Nina Dobrev. Yeah, yeah. So we watch it, and it is... Okay, first of all, it is a horrible ripoff of the movie Fright Night. Mm. Like, it. the only difference, the only difference is that this movie is not set in Vegas, and that the um, monster is a werewolf instead of a vampire, like in Fright Night. Oh, okay. But it was, like scene for scene the exact same movie mm-hmm. you know it's, I, was, I was embarrassed watching it but Killian loved it so huh. now when he plays by himself he pretends that he's turning into werewolves and he starts going ow and it's so cute his little baby wolf house oh my god it's a darling oh I couldn't be more proud that's great yeah so that's one of his favorite things to do now is transform into a werewolf <laughs> And sometimes, you know, he's a kid, he roughhouses, he gets scrapes all the time. Mm-hmm. Every time he gets a scrape now, he goes, look, I got scratched by a werewolf. <laughs> I mean, at least he, it makes him not, like, freak out every time he has a scrap. Oh, yeah. A scrap, a scratch or yeah. something, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, it's just very cute. So, <laughs> so, there's a car parked in a clearing in some woods. There's a girl and a boy heavily making out inside. The girl says, Rick, did you hear that? It sounded like a wolf. Rick says, come on. Marie, don't change the subject. I told you what could happen to a man if he doesn't. (laughs) Marie says, those stories are not true. Rick says, they are, baby. If a man doesn't get the stuff out of his system regularly, it can back up and cause all kinds of medical-type problems. He is so full of shit. That is... Oh, I can't believe that ever worked on anybody. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, back in the day when people didn't know, you know, it was like a guilt thing, right? Yeah. Like, ugh, I hate manipulation. I do, too. I hate ugh. it. So they start smooching again, and outside we see the shadow of something headed towards them. Then we see the arms of the creature, and they're all hairy. Marie says, shh, did you hear that? Rick says, Anne-Marie, there aren't any wolves in Pennsylvania. Then the werewolf breaks Rick's window and pulls Rick outside. It sounds like you said bricks. Oh, bricks. He breaks Rick's window. Breaks Rick's window and pulls Brick outside. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Marie with Sam and Dean. She's drinking a really large soda. Marie says, and then it just, it just tore Rick into little pieces. Dean says, ma'am, we understand how hard this is, but can you describe the creature? She says, oh, it was a werewolf. Sounds like a werewolf, you're sure. Marie says, oh, yeah, with the furry face and the black nose and the claws, the torn up pants and shirt, like from the old movies. Dean says, oh, well, thank you for your time. Marie keeps slurping on her giant drink. We cut to Sam and Dean back in the morgue. Dean says, first a Dracula and now a full on movie time werewolf man. What the hell's going on in this town? (laughs) Sam pulls out a body drawer and unzips the body bag on it. 
They act like the remains really stink. <laughs> Dean says, damn. Sam says, all right, where did this psycho... Dean says... Dean says, damn. <laughs> Sam says, all right. Dean says, damn. Whatever did this. Wasn't a psycho wannabe. Look at those bite marks right down to the bone and deeper. Dean says, strong enough to tear a healthy man apart limb from limb. Could be a werewolf. Sam says, yeah, except, look, the heart's still there in one piece. They never leave the heart behind. Dean says, thus, I reiterate, what the hell is going on? <laughs> the sheriff walks in and says, well, I was hoping you boys could tell me. I just got a rush job back from the lab. Those fibers we found on the body, the canine, wolf hairs. Dean says, I'm getting a headache. <laughs> we cut back to Jamie's bar. Sam and Dean are sitting at a table eating. Dean says, I don't know, man. Looks like we've stumbled onto a midnight showing of Dracula meets Wolfman. Is that it? Sam says, I don't know. I mean, Wolfman seems real enough. It makes Dracula seem a little less impossible, I guess. Dean says, yeah, but werewolves don't grow wolf hair. That's just a myth. So what, we got a vampire and a werewolf monster mashing this down? Jamie comes over with refreshments and says, looks like you guys are staying away. Nope, that's not what she says. <laughs> she says, looks like you guys are staying a while. I heard about Rick Deacon. Dean says, yeah, this case just got weird enough for our department. Jamie says, well, beers are on me. And just so you know, I get off at midnight tonight. Dean says, oh, it's not another girl's night out. Jamie says, doesn't have to be. They look over at Lucy and she's blotting her lipstick on a napkin. Dean says, okay, then I'll see you tonight. Jamie says, okay, then and walks away. Dean says to Sam, hey, you think this Dracula could turn into a bat? That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to nighttime at the Cannonsburg Museum of American History. There's lots of thunder and lightning and fog on the ground outside. In one of the employees only rooms. Oh, that's weird. In one of the employee only rooms, a security guard is on his cell phone. He's standing next to a sarcophagus. He says, that's right, an Egyptian kind of deal. No, it was just sitting there on the loading dock. No doctor. There's no shipping invoice. There's no nothing. As he's talking, we see the lid of the sarcophagus slowly sliding to the side. That's hard to say. Uh, the lid thumps off, and inside is a bunch of fog. Uh, two hands slowly rise out of it. A mummy float rises up. The guard says, holy mother of crap. <laughs> He drops his phone, pulls out his gun, and starts shooting at it, but the mummy grabs him by the neck and lifts him up, crushing his throat and choking him. We cut to later at the same crime scene. There's police all around. Sam and Dean are there, too, checking out the sarcophagus. Sam pulls something off of it and says, The sarcophagus isn't ancient. It's from a prop house in Philly. He holds up a tag. Dean says, Well, it goes well with the bucket of dry ice he was keeping in it. Sam says, Is he making his own special effects? Dean says, Yeah, a mummy with a good sense of showmanship. Sam says, this is stupid. Dean says, damn it. Jamie, I'm late. You're good here with the mummy and the crazy? Sam says, yeah. So Dean leaves. We cut to outside Jamie's bar. She's standing outside alone waiting for Dean. She checks her watch and says, you're lost, G-Man. She walks away. As she's walking, we hear some wings flapping. She turns around and Dracula is standing there. He says with an accent, good evening. Good evening. There you go. <laughs> Jamie runs away and Dracula flips his cape over his shoulder. Jamie comes to a dead end, and Dracula says, I have watched you many nights from afar. My passion knows no bounds. You are the reincarnation of my beloved, and I must have you. Then Lucy Pepper sprays him in the face and runs away. Which, good. Good for her. Yeah, she did seriously. the right thing. Don't just stick around for that. Yeah. Dracula says, Mary, son of... And then he runs after her. She runs into Dean, who says, son of a bitch, uh, when he sees Dracula. Sorry, that sounded weird. Um... Dracula says, you should not use such language in the presence of my bride. 
Dean says, okay then, and punches him. They start fighting, and Dean tells Jamie to run. Dracula says, you have no choice in this matter, Mr. Harker. Mina is mine. Dracula has Dean up against the wall and is about to bite when Dean grabs Dracula's ear and rips it off. Dracula runs away. Dean follows, but Dracula jumps a closed gate that Dean cannot get over. We see Dracula riding away on a moped. <laughs> okay, I'd just like to say two things right now. What? First, I love how Dean gets his own, like, hero music as he's chasing oh, right. this, you know, like, whatever. Also, there's a getaway scooter. There's a getaway scooter. Then Dracula makes the horn go beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so then the screen shows um, some closed curtains and it says intermission. <laughs> we cut to inside Jamie's bar with Dean and Jamie. Sam comes in and says, hey, you guys all right? Dean says, yeah, I think so. And I know what's going on. Part of it, at least. Dean gives Sam a towel. He unwraps it and it is Dracula's ear. Sam says, uh, the ear part. <laughs> Dean says, ripped it off Dracula's head. Touch it. Sam does and says, ugh. <laughs> Dean says, feel fami- familiar to you? Sam says, oh, man. Dean says, the skin of a shapeshifter, just like St. Louis and just like Milwaukee. Of course, this one's all holding buckets of crazy. Oh, this must have fallen off during the fight. He hands something to Sam, and Sam says, look at the label on the ribbon. Sam looks at the label. Sam looks, and the label says, the FX shop prop, prop house. <laughs> Okay, Uh, which is what the label on the sarcophagus said. Sam says, it's a costume rental. Dean says, all three monsters, Dracula, the Wolfman, and the Mummy, all the same critter, which means we need to catch this freak before he... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Wow. Okay. We need to catch this freak before he creature from the Black Lagoon somebody. Jamie says, so you guys are like Mulder and Scully or something, and the X-Files are real? Dean says, no, the X-Files is a TV show. This is real. Sam says, okay, so the stagecraft, the costuming, it's like he's trying to reenact his favorite monster movie moments, right down to the bloody murders. Jamie says, wait a second, who the hell is Mina? Dean says, yeah, that's what he called Jamie. He called me Mr. Harker. Sam says, Jonathan Harker? They're characters from the movies and novels. Mina is Dracula's intended bride. Harker is the fiancé that stands in the way. Seems like he's fixating on you, like he sees you as his bride. Jamie says, wow, lucky me. (laughs) Sam says, but to fixate on you, my guess is that the shifter has to have seen you before or been around you. Dean says, Jamie, has anyone strange come into town? Somebody that has taken a specific notice of you? Jamie says, I don't know, Dean. It's Oktoberfest. I'm a bartender. There's a lot of people. Wait a second. There is Ed. Sam says, Ed Brewer, Ed? Jamie says, yeah. He moved here about a month ago. Lucy swears he has a crush on me. He comes in almost every night. But, you know, I don't think he's the type of guy. Dean says, where does Ed live? She says, I don't know, but he works at the old movie theater. I think he's a projectionist there. Dean motions for Sam to go check it out so Dean can stay with Jamie. Sam leaves and Jamie says, so monsters are real? Dean says, some of them, yeah. Jamie says, and the shapeshifter, he can turn into different people? Dean says, yeah, except this one's turning into the great monsters of Screenland, which is a new one for me. Jamie says, you're not really FBI, are you? (laughs) Dean says, not so much. She says, so this is what you do. You and your partner just tramp across the country on your own dime until you find some horrible nightmare to fight? Dean shrugs and says, some people paint. She says, wow, that must suck. I mean, you're giving up your life for this terrible responsibility. Dean says, last few years, I started thinking that way. And, uh, you know, it started sort of weighing on me. Of course, that was before. A little while ago, I had this. It's called a near-death experience. Very near. 
Uh, when I came to, things were different. My life's been different. I realized that I help people. Not just help them, though. I save them. I guess it's it's awesome. It's kind of like a gift, like a mission, kind of like a mission from God. Jamie says, so does that make you some kind of monk or something? You know, celibate? Dean says, she's just as lecherous as me. I know. He, I feel like he's, this is one of those times where it's like, you know what? You've met your match. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, man, I hope not. Then they start making out. <clears throat> Suddenly the bar lights turn on. It's Lucy. She says, holy crap. Oh my God, Jamie. Guys, I'm sorry. I thought you guys were going out. Jamie says, Lucy, it's okay. Uh, listen, Lucy says, you know what? I just came here to borrow a bottle. I kind of got something going on back at my, anyway, you guys look really busy. So I'm just going to get out of your hair. Jamie says, seriously, Lucy, it's been a crazy night. Stay for a drink. Dean says, yeah, stay for a drink. Yeah. Oh, please. Why? Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to the old movie theater. The sign says it's playing The Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Yay. I love that. I know. Movie. I totally have your copy of that movie at my house still. Oh, you do? Just so you know. Yeah. Oh. You brought it over once and we never watched it. Oh. Did I, did I bring over the other one too, the second one? Maybe it's the second one you brought love over. Love Never Dies? I don't think so. I just have one. Oh, okay. I, maybe it's I that one, though. So my mom has been, like, giving some of my DVDs out to people to borrow. To She's like, oh, can this person watch it? And I was like, oh, whatever, you know. But, like, mm-hmm. so there's some of my movies that I'm like, I don't even know where they are anymore. That sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I'm assuming I'll get them back at some point. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So Sam walks in, and we see the silhouette of Ed playing some creepy music on an organ. Sam goes behind the curtain, and we see that Ed is wearing a tank top and tidy whities <laughs> Rocket dude. For real. Also, he's kind of sketchy. He is. He's so creepy and weird. I love it. He hits a button, and some Moroccan beats start playing. I know they're Moroccan, because that's what the subtitles say. Those beats, totally Moroccan. <laughs> <laughs> they Moroccan. He was rocking. He was rocking. The Moroccan. <laughs> So Ed turns around, and Sam pulls his gun on him. Ed says, you, FBI man, what did I do? Sam says, shut up, okay, you know what you did. I know what you are. Ed says, I'm not anything. I just like to play the queso? Casio? Casio, okay, (laughs) the Casio. Sam says, had time to grow back the ear, huh? Sam grabs Ed's ear and tries to rip it off, but it doesn't budge. (laughs) Sam says, it's supposed to come off. Ed says, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. We cut back to the bar. Lucy is saying, oh, that's awful. Jamie, honey, are you okay? Jamie slurs, oh, I am fine. He didn't even touch me. Dean, he just blew right in and fought him off. (laughs) Dean says, well, I didn't actually fly, but I'm sure it seemed that way at the time. Lucy blots her lipstick with a napkin. Jamie says, it was really something. Jamie can barely keep her eyes open. Lucy says, so, Dean, are you like a black belt or what? Well, I guess they train you to fight at the academy or whatever. Dean's vision is spinning. He punches Lucy right in the face. <laughs> Jamie says, Dean, what are you doing? Then she passes out. <laughs> to Lucy, Dean says, it's you, isn't it? Lucy's face is all bent out of shape, and she pushes her jaw back together, which is a really gross effect. It's disgusting. Yeah. <sighs> it's not right. All right. Dean kicks her away and says, ah, oh, damn it. What did you put in our drinks? He grabs a liquor bottle and smashes the end off. He says, that's all right. I'll skin you myself. <laughs> then he passes out. Like, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to yeah. happen. Lucy says, end scene. We cut to Lucy's dungeon. <laughs> 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 Dean is strapped to a tilted table wearing lederhosen. <laughs> Which, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it works. It works for me. I like it. I'm totally okay with it. Yeah. Like, listen, like, I have 
yet to see an outfit that Jensen Ackles has worn that he has not pulled off amazingly. You know, mm-hmm. like even yeah. if it's supposed to look bad, it usually doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he wakes up and uh, notices his outfit. He says, oh, come on. There's a painting. Um, there's a painting of Lucy on the wall. Dracula is there. He says about the painting, she is beautiful, no. Bride number three from the first film. She never got the claim that she deserved, which is why I chose her shape, her form to move among the mortals unnoticed, to listen to the cricket songs of the living. That is when I discovered my bride had been reborn in this century. Dean laughs and says, I can't get over what a pumpkin pie-eyed crazy son of a bitch you really are you're not dracula you get that right or even if you think you're dracula what the hell's up with the mummy dracula punches dean and says i am all monsters dean says life ain't a movie sorry sack of dracula punches him again and says life is small meager messy the movies are grand simple elegant i have chosen elegance dean says so you think elegance is really the word for what you did to marissa or rick deacon or any of the others Dracula says, but of course, it is a monster movie after all. Dean says, you do realize what happens at the end of every monster movie. Dracula says, ah, but this movie is mine, and in it, the monster wins. The monster gets the girl, and the hero, he's electrocuted. And tonight, Jonathan Harker, you will be my hero. Dracula goes over to a lever and gets ready to pull it. Dean says, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Pull the lever, crunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dean says, wait, wait, wait. Just then the doorbell rings. Dracula says, please excuse me. Then Dracula flips his cape over his eyes and hurries away. We follow him upstairs to a modernly furnished house. <laughs> I guess he just like made his basement into a dungeon. I guess. Yeah. Well, I like it. He opens up the door and says, good evening. There's a pizza man standing there. He says, uh, pizza delivery. Dracula says, ah, you've brought a repast. Excellent. Continue to be such a service and your life will be spared. The pizza guy says, uh-huh, that'll be fifteen fifty. I love how he's like not even. I, imagine how much pizza guys see. Oh my gosh, they you're totally right. They must not right. even be like phased by anything anymore. Oh, nothing. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula says, "Tell me, is there garlic on this pizza?" The pizza guy says, "I don't know. Did you order garlic?" <laughs> Dracula says, "No." The pizza guy says, "Then no. Look, Mister, I got four other deliveries to make. You want to just pay me the money so I can go?" <laughs> Dracula says, "Of course. Yes, but I have a coupon." <laughs> We cut to Sam walking in Jamie's bar. He calls Dean and leaves a message saying, Dean, hey, listen, Ed is not our guy. I'm guessing you're at home with Jamie, so just give me a call, okay? He hangs up and sees the broken bottle on the floor, and on the table is a napkin with Lucy's lipstick on it. Sam says, Lucy. We cut to Lucy's dungeon. Jamie is asleep on a bed. She comes to, and Dracula says, you wake. There's a dress hanging up nearby, and Dracula says, the gown, it suits your beauty. Please put it on. Jamie says, where am I? What have you done with Dean? Dracula says, Harker is resting elsewhere. Please, put on the gown and you may dine. We are having pizza. (laughs) You may dine. We are having pizza. (laughs) Jamie says, what? What is wrong with you? You made up Lucy, right? Pretended to be my friend. Dracula says, I needed to know if you were the one. Jamie says, you could try talking to people, but Mm -hmm. instead you become this. Dracula says, the gown. Jamie says, I don't want to play your stupid game, okay? I just want to go home. Dracula yells, put on the gown. We cut to Sam lockpicking his way inside Dracula's house. He creeps around inside with his gun out. We come, uh, cut back to Jamie wearing the dress. Dracula says in a normal voice, I scared you. You are the only one I don't want to scare. I used to love the movies. Jamie says, they aren't real. You can't make them real. Dracula says, real is being born this way. Different. 
real as having your dad call you monster. It's the first time you hear the word, and he tries to beat you to death with a shovel. Everywhere I ran, everywhere, I tried to hide. People found me, dragged me out, and attacked me, called me freak, called me monster. Then I found them, the great monsters, in their movies. They were strong. They were feared. They were beautiful. And now I am like them, commanding, terrifying. Jamie says, lonely. Dracula says, was lonely. Now I have you. He tries to touch her face, but she flinches away. She says, ever think that maybe you're lonely because you kill people? (laughs) She's got a good point. I mean, you know. Yeah. He says, or I kill people because I'm lonely. That's not an excuse, sir. I know. That is not an excuse. There's a noise coming from the other room, and Dracula says, did you hear that? Jamie says, what? Dean? Dean! Then Dracula backhands her. He looks upset about it, but he still does it. (laughs) He's just like, well, that sucked. Oh, well. (laughs) We cut to Sam finding Dean still strapped to the table. Dean says, oh, thank God, just in the nick of time. That guy was about to Frankenstein me. (laughs) Sam frees Dean and then looks at Dean's outfit. Sam says, hey there, handsome. (laughs) Dean says, shut up. Shut up. (laughs) They walk over to some big wooden double doors. Dean motions for Sam to open them, so Sam tries to kick the door open. But instead, his foot goes through the door, which falls down with Sam's foot still in it. (laughs) Sam Sam comes by himself into Jamie's dungeon room. He sees her passed out on the bed and goes over to her. But Dracula sneaks up behind him and throws him through a wall. Dracula says, you will never be Van Helsing. (laughs) Then Dean attacks Dracula. But Dracula is, <coughs> is Van Helsing. That's that's a totally separate thing than Dracula, yeah. Van Helsing, I I can't remember. I think Van Helsing is a part of. He's a he's a yeah. I think it's in the Dracula movie. Okay, because I know there's there's like the Van Helsing movies. I've never seen any of them, but I don't know yeah. if it was like yeah. Van Helsing is or... part of the Dracula thing. Okay, yeah. He's like the the monster hunter. I hope yeah. I'm not butchering that. I'm pretty sure that's. How it goes. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's been easily 15 years since I've seen any of those movies. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Do, 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 do. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> then Dean attacks Dracula, but Dracula starts kicking his ass. Dracula says, you, Harker, now you die. <laughs> Dean punches him in the stomach. Now you die. Now you die. <laughs> Dean punches him in the stomach and says, how about now you shut the hell up? <laughs> then Dracula throws Dean to the ground. Dracula's about to attack, but instead someone shoots him twice from behind. Dracula says, Silver. He turns around and we see that Jamie is holding the gun. Dracula says, It was beauty that killed the beast. No, Mina, do not weep. Perhaps this is how the movie should end. And he collapses onto a chair and dies. Cut to the next day. Dean and Jamie are smooching outside of her bar. She says, Well, thank you, G-Man. You have been a great service to your country. <laughs> Dean says, Oh, yes, I'm very patriotic. <laughs> Sam is just standing behind them watching just awkwardly. Like, oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Oh, <what's> coming? <laughs> Jamie calls after them, you guys, you saved my life, you know, so thanks. And she walks away. Sam says, I like her. Dean says, feels good to be back in the job, doesn't it? (laughs) Sam says, yeah, it does. Dean says, the hero gets the girl, monster gets the gank, all in all, happy ending. With a happy ending, no less. God, did we need to know that? No, but we know it now. (laughs) We know it now. He is no longer a virgin. Uh, Sam laughs and says, real classy, Dean. Dean says, hey, all I'm saying is the shifter man had a point, you know. It would be nice if life was movie simple. It would be nice if life was movie simple. (laughs) Although, if I was turning into, if I was turning life into a movie, I wouldn't do this Abbott and Costello meet the monster crap. Sam says, yeah, no, I know what you'd pick. Dean says, no, you don't. Sam says, yeah, I do. Porky's too. Dean's like, what? Sam says, you heard me. Dean says, lucky guess. (laughs) They walk away and the screen says, the end. (laughs) 
I've never watched Porky's or Porky's 2. I've never even heard of it. Oh, yeah. I don't really. Reference to I was going to look it up, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't either. I wasn't going to look it up either. So yeah. I didn't really even think that far. I thought about it. I was like, maybe later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I have, I have thoughts. Okay. First of all. There is so many Lederhosen in this. <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like, it kind of cracks me up. Like That's pretty good. I'm okay with it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, like, that girl with the big, like, big gulp soda or whatever that's just, like, right. slurping nonstop, it made me want to, like, rip my own ears off. You know? So you can't handle, you're, like, one of those people who hate it when you can hear chewing. Uh-huh. And, yeah, Erica's the same way. Yeah. I can't do it. I cannot deal with it. Yeah. And so I try and, like, tune it out or, like, think of something else or, like, make sound to, like, distract me from, you know. But, like, it's so funny because I say that, but then, like, you know, with my horse, he chews, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's, like, eating his hair. There's, like, crunch, crunch, crunch. And I'm, like, that's, like, one of the most soothing sounds. How weird. I don't even know what it is. But also I think it's because it's, like, crunching and it's not, like... Yeah, like the, the lips you know, like, yeah, yeah, like the, it's not like nasty open mouth chewing. It's mm-hmm. like just kind of like crunchy, like, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know why it works that way, but like I can listen to horses chew mm-hmm. forever. How if weird. If I have to sit there with somebody chewing loudly, I cannot do it. How about when you're eating? Does it still bother you when you're eating? It doesn't with Farrick's eating. Um, no. I mean... But I don't really, I don't know. I don't think so. But also, like, if I'm chewing loud and I think I'm chewing loud, I'm, like, very self-conscious of it. Oh, I see. Like, it doesn't bother me, but I know it's happening. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to chew quieter, you know? Yeah. I can't, but I don't know. It's, I'm just weird. It's fine. (laughs) It's okay. Um, Also, I love all the old-timey music in the background. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Like, the super campy horror film movie, mm-hmm. you know, stuff, but, um, also, I am disgusted with myself for even thinking this, but, like, Dracula's eyebrows are legit. Oh, <laughs> like, really? I didn't are, notice his eyebrows. They are, as you would quote, on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I wrote it down, and then I was just like, you know, like, why did I even, like, why did I even let myself think on fleek? But That's so it's, funny. It was like the only thing I can come up with at the time that made any sense, but it was like, his eyebrows are so well done. You know, I really like the actor who played Dracula. I thought I he did a great that. job yeah. with the accent and the, mm-hmm. and the camp, the flipping his cape over his eyes or over his shoulder Mm -hmm. he just nailed it yeah that was pretty good yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh i just and and the accent i just i don't know every time i hear that accent like the dracula accent Mm -hmm. i just like crack up yeah it's hilarious but and then i start doing it even more than what i already do it and it's just bad yeah (laughs) bad for everybody involved but (laughs) also i forgot i can't read what i wrote here Oh, also, so Lisa, throughout the whole thing, she's constantly blotting her lipstick. Lucy. I thought it was Lisa. No, oh, yeah, Lucy. Lucy. Sorry. Mm, that's okay. Lisa's somebody different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, what is with the constant leaving napkins of lipstick everywhere? The only reason they did that was for Sam to be able to see it and know who the bad guy was. Yeah. That's what, it. There's, otherwise, it's stupid. That, of all things, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like, I don't. I don't understand. Like, they made it seem like it was going to be a bigger thing than it was. Yeah. It was just kind of like, eh, okay, that was, that, that was pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. But. 
Anyways, what was your favorite moment? My favorite moment was probably when Ed Brewer was playing the organ. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I like properly wrote down the scene, but he is like into it. Yeah, he's like jiving. Yeah, yeah, and he just before before he made the Moroccan beats drop, (laughs) 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 he was playing like old time horror movie music, Mm -hmm. like dar 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 that kind of thing, uh and he was just so into it with his whole body. He just looked so creepy. And yeah, then I you wrote see, that down. I was like, I, I wrote Ed as one sketchy SOB. And then you see that not only is he doing that like a weirdo, he's wearing underwear. <laughs> yeah, and a tank top. He's just at his job without pants on, you know? <laughs> and, and I just thought it was so funny. can say that they do that. No, no. You know, like lifeguards, swim instructors, you can sure. say that you're at your job without pants on, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you're still wearing right. more than underwear usually yeah (laughs) what was your favorite moment so i have a few favorite moments that one was one of them um another one was when ed was like you know a vampire and was like (laughs) yeah he did the fangs with his fingers and his he was just so great i love this actor he's in a lot of things but one thing that um he was in more recently was oh crap oh um fuck he's in it he's in it with um osric chow and it was Oh, come on. It's going to bug me. Dirk Gently. There we go. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, you would like that show. It's yeah. like, it's really funny. It's got uh, Elijah Wood in it. Okay. And a bunch of people. But yeah. he, anyways, he's in it and he's one of the people that Osric Chow hangs out with. Uh-huh. And they're just so funny. <laughs> Very funny together. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. You're good. Do you have another favorite moment? Um, yes, I have a couple. Okay. <laughs> so I love Dean dressed in leader. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't surprise me. That does and not surprise me. I love the me. fact that he's so pissed off about it. Like, that's really what makes it. Like, I think it's hilarious that he's got this whole, like, outfit on. But yeah. But it's just great that he's just, like, so angry about it. Yeah. He can't do anything. He's just, like, pinned to this board with these leader hosts and I don't right. can't do anything. <laughs> you know, Dean has a lot of memorable outfits throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And Sam really doesn't. No. I can think of like one where he's like a yoga instructor, but it's not really a a yoga instructor outfit. He's just wearing like a tank top and shorts. It's not that big of a deal. What else? I love Dean's gym shorts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those gym shorts are good. The whistle makes me their god. My favorite outfit of his is when um, they're LARPing with uh, Felicia Day. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. and he's got the whole the whole outfit on, mm-hmm. a little bit of chainmail. I just <laughs> really liked it. Yeah, I me too. really liked it. There's a lot of outfits that I just like. I, I really like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, and then you know, of course, another favorite moment was when Sam was teasing Dean about wearing the leader hose. Yeah. Like, hey, they're handsome. And he's like, shut up. Yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, just the whole everything. <laughs> everything with that was great. Yep. But um, I think that, did I write down any other ones? I don't think I did. Yeah, no, I didn't. So on to the interesting facts. Yep, there's more <laughs> on the page behind it, too, just so you know. Okay. Um, so, first one is Sam introduces the brothers to the sheriff as FBI agents Angus and Young. Um, Angus Young is the lead guitarist of ACDC, a band whose music is featured throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode was filmed in black and white as, a, as an homage to classic monster movies. Uh, the sign in the beginning of the episode reading Pennsylvania trans 
changes to Transylvania when the lightning flashes. I I didn't catch that. I didn't see that, but the whole time I saw like Welcome to Pennsylvania, like because mm-hmm. it's the same kind of like font as the Transylvania, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, Transylvania. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. notice that at all. I didn't. I mean, I didn't see that it said Transylvania, but I was just like Pennsylvania, Transylvania, wahoo! You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, uh, so it says Sam finds Ed Brewer in the Goeth Goth Theater. I don't know. Um, Johann Wolfgang von Goth. Goth. I don't know how to say it. Was a German writer who wrote the famous tragic play Faust, um, which main theme of wait which the main theme of it is selling your soul to a demon hold on i'm just not able to read right now uh the main theme of it is selling your soul to a demon and it's reiterated on supernatural Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. okay. That took a long time to spit out, and I don't know why. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, in the mummy scene, the security guard asks if Helen might have any record of the delivery of the mummy. Um, Helen is the name of the female lead in the original movie, The Mummy, starring Boris Karloff. I've never seen that one. Okay. I haven't seen that one either, but Arsenic and Old Lace, mm-hmm. one of the guys, like, they, so it's one of the brothers, they are, like, constantly saying that he looks like Boris Karloff. Oh, okay. Because like, he's, like... It's like a Frankenstein-y sort of mm-hmm. look, you know, because he's had so many facial surgeries that he just, they're like, he looks like Boris Garloff, and everybody's like, rah, rah. and Got like it. the whole thing, like Dr. Einstein is all like going on, he's like, well, I was a little intoxicated at the time when I had just watched the movie, you know, oh, <laughs> so yeah. he ended up like transforming him into Boris That's Garloff. That's funny. But, uh, I think you'd love that movie, like it's... It sounds good. It's not as funny the first couple of times just because there's like so much going on that it's hard to like catch everything but like the more you watch it it's just like the better and better it gets that's fun um also where was i did i just okay yes um so the opening credits are presented in the same way that classic black and white film credits were um there is even an intermission panel comp (laughs) <laughs> complete <laughs> oh boy complete with closed curtain and soft music playing halfway through the episode yep um i, I was expecting it to last for longer though i, I was too say. just like, kind just of have just intermission rubbery. hold it there for a second and then kind of keep going they're just like intermission and keep going yeah um so uh dean tells sam so what we got a vampire and a werewolf monster mashing this town he's referring to the graveyard smash hit by monster mash by bobby pickett and the crypt kickers Hmm. I feel like I've heard of Monster Mash. You've heard the song. I'm sure I probably have, but I just don't know it off the top of my head. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, let's see. Dracula's line, it was beauty that killed the beast, is from King Kong in 1933. Um, when Sam approaches the stairs in the movie theater, a poster for the 1953 film House of Wax could be seen in the foreground. Uh, Jared Padalecki co-starred in the 2005 remake of the film. Uh, this episode was originally scheduled as the third episode in the season. Uh, (laughs) Dracula's line, do not use such language in the presence of my bride. I should have done it in the accent. Oh, well. (laughs) It is a nod to the fact that until the 1970s, actors were not allowed to swear in films. Oh, okay. Um, which... Look at how far we've come. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, man. For real. Um, Jamie is named after a fan named Jamie who wrote to Eric Kripke. Eric Kripke. Why can't I never say his name right? I don't know. Um, Telling him how much she appreciated the show and how it helped her deal with her ongoing illness. So that's kind of cool. Like, throw her in there. Um, So, yeah. That was our interesting facts. Our research from this week, I have to pull up because I'm being slow. That's okay. <laughs> like, 
cold music, please. I don't. You know, so, okay. So this is the first 13 horror films in recorded history. Um, this is off of realrundown.com. That was really hard to say. Um, so there's... Whoa. What's happening? Why isn't it working? Huh. Hold on. I'm having technical difficulties here because I do that a lot. What it's did I okay. even do? Okay, so the first one is, I'm going to butcher this, La Squelette Joyeux. Okay. From 1895. Wow. <laughs> um, in 1895, brothers Auguste and Louis Lumiere, oh, Lumiere, um, direct, directed a one-minute film of a dancing stop-motion skeleton who keeps falling apart and putting his bones back together again. Um, the title, Le... Le Squelette Joyeux can be translated as the dancing skeleton, um, the joyous skeleton, the cheerful skeleton, or the skeleton of joy. Okay. <laughs> Quite the number of translations there. Um, this was more of an experimental film than an attempt at horror, but it deserves credit for being the first to portray a skeleton, even if its portrayal was more comedic comedic bleh, than scary. Um, That's cool. Skeletons would later appear in several of George Melies. I'm not sure. Films? I have no idea. <laughs> so this may have been an influence on his work. Um, the rest of the page is not... Oh, there we go. Um, oh, gosh. These are all French. So the second one... I know. I <laughs> I'm going to butcher that. all of these. Uh, is Le Menor du Diable from 1896. Um, this is directed by George Melier. Um... And it's considered the first horror film ever made, and it was deemed lost until a copy turned up at the New Zealand Film film Archive in 1988. Why can't I do this? Um, (laughs) This title is okay. Jeez, yeah. This title has been translated to House of the Devil, Manor of the Devil, The Haunted Castle, The Devil's Manor, and The Devil's Castle. Okay. Um, The series of sketches begins with a bat transforming into... Oh boy, Mephistopheles, yep, an agent of the devil. Um, with the help of his assistant, he conjures demonic entities from the cal- from a cauldron, which then go on to prank two men to- who enter the castle. Um, in the end, one of the men uses a crucifix to make Mephistopheles disappear. Just wanted a quick side note. Um, <laughs> I was trying to find the first ever horror movie, and this is the one. The one that you're reading right now is mm-hmm. the one that shows up as the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read a brief description of it, and it says that the is it the devil? Mm-hmm, I think so. Keeps yeah. poking people in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his devilish antics. Is going around going boop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which Ooh, I, so thought, I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a little pitchfork up the behind there. Yep, yep. Um, it says Le Menor du Diable mm-hmm. was filmed in Melier's garden outside his home in, oh God, Montreal. Mm, Montreal. Sure. Yeah. Sign Saint Denise. Oh my God! Why is there so many French names? I'm so sorry. Actress. Jehan. Jehan Dalcy. That's fine. Who appeared in several of his films and eventually married him, played the role of a woman who emerges from the cauldron. Um, some historians believe Mephistopheles was played by magician Jules Eugene. Legris, 
who later appeared in Melier's A Trip to the Moon in 1902. Um, others believe that Melier uh, himself played the role. Oh my god, there's another French one. <laughs> okay, this one's also from 1896. It's called Une Nuit Terrible, I'm okay. guessing. I don't know. I don't speak French, so that I can totally get Chinese. You're doing just fine. And another one of... I'm just going to go with George. That's fine. <laughs> another one of George's early horror films, um, um, which is Une Nuit Terrible, um, which translates to A Terrible Night. Um, a man tries to get a good night's sleep at an inn, but ends up wrestling a giant spider in an over-the-top comedic manner. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> the man, seeing a giant spider climbing the wall, picks up a broom, swats it down, and stomps on it. Then he dumps the dead spider in his chamber pot and goes back to bed, but finds he's unable to fall asleep now. Um, a terrible night was unique in that Melier mm, himself played the man, and that the spider was a pasteboard prop controlled by a wire, rather than a product of the special effects he was known for. Hmm. Whether it's a horror film, a comedy, or a horror comedy is a point of debate. <laughs> um, That's cool. At the time... Oh, what, what, oh, yeah. At the time, the premise of a person in a hotel bed trying unsus- unsuccessfully to fall asleep was popular among variety shows on stage. Um, this film may have marked the first time the scenario was depicted on screen. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, all sorts of fun. This thing, like, these... Okay, this one looks like it's in English, and I appreciate it. Um, so, number four is The X-Ray Fiend you know, from 1897. It says, The work of accomplished photographer turned director George Albert Smith, The X-Ray Fiend, um, was a horror comedy that came out of a mere two years after, or that came out a mere two years after X-rays were invented. Um, an it's audience- so interesting that there are horror comedies yeah. that are so early on. Honestly, I thought that was more of a... Well, how much do you think trend. it? Yeah, how much do you think it is though that they didn't want to like outright freak people out because people might not appreciate it? Yeah, you know, probably. Like, I just didn't realize that the idea of a horror comedy was that old. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it says an audience full of people unaccustomed to the idea would have found it frightening and otherworldly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess that doesn't sound that creepy right now. You know, um, the film begins with a man and a woman flirting while being observed by a professor. The professor turns on an x-ray and watches them flirting as skeletons, an effect that was achieved with glowing back black bl- <laughs> glowing black bodysuits. Um, after he turns the x-ray off, the pair have an argument and break up. Hmm. Um, prior to becoming a photographer and filmmaker, Smith worked as a stage hypnotist, psychic, inventor, and lecturer. Wow. He was also a key member of an informal group of British film pioneers called Brighton School and a close friend and collaborator of George Millier's. Throughout his character, he contributed... He contributed... Wait. Throughout his career, not character... He contributed to advances in film editing and the color film process. Cool. Okay, I'm not going to read all of these because a lot of these are in French and it's just really throwing me off. So (laughs) I'm going to go to the next one that's in English. Um, This one is um, Photographing a Ghost from 1898. um, And it's another one of George Albert Smith's films. um, And it could be considered a precursor to the paranormal investigation subgenre. Cool. Um, the film portrays three men who attempt to photograph a ghost only to fail time and time again as the ghost eludes them and throws chairs. <laughs> oh my. In the end, the photographers are overcome by despair and give up trying. Hmm. Um, the year before releasing Photographing a Ghost, Smith patented a method to make double exposures, having been influenced by photographer William Turner. 
Um, every time I hear the name William Turner, I always think of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, afterward, he then went on to co-develop and pat- patent Kinema Color, um, the first commercial cinema color system in 1906. Hmm. Cool. Um, oh, this is interesting. Um, so this one is La Caverne Maudite from, ni- from 1898. Um, which translates to the Cave of Demons, and it's about a woman who stumbles across a haunted cave where she encounters the ghost of people who died there. Um, ghosts of people that died there. There. Uh, this was the first film in which director George Melier used multiple exposure, a camera technique in which two or more exposures are superimposed to create one image. Cool. Um, through the technique... Oh, though the technique was used in photography as far back as the 1890s, um, this is its first recorded use in a moving picture. Um, so as film is currently lost there, as the film is currently lost, there are no records of its cast or crew. All that's known for sure that it was, it all that's, oh my gosh, all that's known for sure is that it was released by Star Film Company in 1898. Okay. So yeah, the first one that had the, you know, double imposed. Right. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Um, okay. So this one is The Miser's Doom from 1899. Um, Walter R. Booth made its direct made his directorial debut with The Miser's Doom, uh, a film about a miser who is haunted by a ghost of a poor woman he took money from. Uh, The trauma of this encounter makes him die of shock. Mm -hmm. Booth started out as a magician before working on trick films, a genre designed for the sole purpose of featuring special effects. He went on to direct the first British animated film, The Hand of the Artist, in 1906. Um, over the course of 20 years, Booth would direct over 160 short films. Wow. Um, afterward, he specialized in producing advertisements, including a commercial for Cadbury's Cocoa and Chocolate. Hmm. Uh, now I want some chocolate. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the last one. It's called Barba Blue mm-hmm. um, from 1901. And Bluebeard, so it says Bluebeard, a fairy tale about an aristocrat who murders his wives was first adapted by George Melier. Man, this guy is like all about. He's the all over story. it, yeah. yeah. Um, who also played the title character? Um, his wife Jean Dalcy played Lord Bluebeard's eighth wife, who finds a hidden chamber in his castle containing the hanging corpses of his previous wives. Oh my god. <sighs> Um, the wife's relatives rescue her and kill Bluebeard, and the film ends with an angel restoring the seven murdered wives to life. Oh, wow. Um, the film contains a dream sequence in which the wife, fearful of her husband's wrath, has a nightmare about seven giant dancing keys, which represent the key she used to unlock the chamber of the seven bodies she found there. As a contrast to the angel, there's also a dancing imp who mischievously tempts her into opening the chamber. Um, these could be considered early examples of psychological horror. Hmm. Um, so yeah, th- those so are cool. 13 of the earliest horror type films. They're not all like, it doesn't seem like they're all super scary or mm-hmm. anything, but they, they're, they exist. I love it. Um, <laughs> so what is your idget or ass butt moment? Let's for see. Um, okay. So this happened though, about a week ago, I was over at the big kid park in our neighborhood with Killian. And there was this group of kids. There was maybe like three or four of them. And um, we had seen them like the day before. So they were excited to see Killian and me again. Mm-hmm. And um, they were they were all pretty young. 
and there was um, their mom was in a car kind of parked right next to the park. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. She did that the day before too. That she just like hung out in the car, watched the kids from there. It's kind of strange. Go sit on a bench, man. A little weird, but no, whatever. whatever. I think know. the day before there were like there were two people in the car, so maybe they just wanted to talk. Yeah. Privately or whatever. Yeah. But but this day, the next day. Um, one of the kids went over to the car and dragged their mom out of the car and brought her over to me and they were like, okay, you guys talk. <laughs> and we were like, okay. So we just kind of, you know, bullshitted and talked about our kids and blah, 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 blah. And anytime we stopped talking, the group of kids would come over and be like, come on, socialize, be social. <laughs> they kept saying it to us. So we had yeah. to keep doing it. And That's it's kind of like, I just wanted to be awkward and quiet. Okay. <laughs> my kid at the bar yeah all these kids making me social the mom was super nice and all the kids were really lovely too oh and i'm sure she was probably like this is the weirdest thing ever you know too like we were both probably like yeah she was nice though i mean it was totally fine but it was still just like oh stop me i want to be awkward okay (laughs) forcing me to socialize boo yeah so anyway it was a fine experience it was just a little ridiculous (laughs) what was your injured or asset moment so uh, my moment was just before we started filming this, <laughs> filming this, no, recording this episode, there was a fruit fly in my freaking coffee cup. Not okay, dude. It is not okay. Like, I went to go and, like, look at it, because, I don't know, I, I just had this habit of, like, looking at my drinks before I drink them, like, every time. It's no, even, you like, should do that. Time. Well, and I don't even know, like, why I started doing it, probably because I found stuff in my, in my drink. Right. But, um... Yeah, I just kind of like peeked over to like look in my cup when I was get about to go and pick it up and drink it, and there was just this little like fruit fly, just like that bastard stealing my coffee. Yeah, <laughs> like, no good. What the heck? So I fished him out. He was dead. Yeah. I don't know how long he'd been in there because I hadn't taken a drink for a while. Yeah. So I'm hoping it didn't Who swallow knows? any of his friends. No, no, you didn't. Yeah, I know. I keep looking in my cup now. I'm like fruit fly, fruit yeah. fly. No, I keep looking in mine too. I'm just kind of like I don't know what to do. But I hate fruit flies. Do you remember that time when I had the fruit fry f- fruit? fruit fly problem yeah oh my god it was summer and so it was like really really hot in our house because we don't have air conditioning Mm -hmm. and um i was just like there were so many of them that i had to turn on the fan our like portable fan and eat in front of it with the wind blowing on me so the (laughs) flies wouldn't get on my food i remember didn't i call you and i was just like i have a problem i I need help (laughs) yeah i think i do remember that it was just like a, what's happening right now? Rochelle came over with alcohol bottles and saved me. She made little fruit fly traps <laughs> and it got them all. I'm yeah. so grateful. Thank I, you. Oh, no problem. I I don't remember how I came up with that. It went, oh, I think I had like, I don't remember where or when this problem was, but I remember somewhere that I was living or I might have been staying or something like that had fruit flies and so I was like going online and like going crazy going what can I do to get rid of these things and so pro tip folks if you take a post-it note and roll it up and make it like a little funnel and the end just has to be teeny tiny just enough for a fruit fly to get through yeah and then you put it so it blocks the top of the bottle and you like leave a little bit of like especially like the really sugary alcohol or like a beer or a cider or something like that and it helps too if you put like a little bit of like fruit or something in the bottom so oh, that yeah. way it's like nice and smelly for them mm-hmm. they'll work themselves in there and they can't get out and so they'll just all kind of like drown in there yeah so yeah it totally leave works leave it out for a few days and they'll all go in there and then mm-hmm. they'll be gone but 
Yeah. Pro tip. <laughs> it worked. Thank, thank you, Google. <laughs> th- thank you, Rochelle, for saving me. I was just like, and I don't even know what state of mind I was in. I was just like, the whole house needs to go. You were freaking out a little. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was fine. I, w- I, would, I would do that, too. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.